With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. I'm glad you're hanging out with me today. Today we have a special guest joining us. His name is Jason Oren. He is the founder of Funk Jazz Cafe that happens down in Atlanta. It has been going on uh, since 1994 and Funk Jazz is a cultural, uh, I want to say icon, <laughs> that's the only word I could think of right now. Uh, it is an awesome, awesome music fest and now Jason has a film coming out of the same title about how Funk Jazz Cafe got started and just the whole history of the movement. Now, I have shared with all of you, I used to live in Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta for a couple of years. And even just trying to feel my way around Atlanta, see, you know, what events to go to, what things are going on in Atlanta, um, it was always recommended, Cy, you got to go to Funk Jazz Cafe. And I went, and it was absolutely awesome. Big shout-out to Didi Shocheda, who is an executive consultant to this show and was the person that kind of walked me through the Atlanta cultural movement. And, you know, why we're looking at events such as this with artists such as this is, you know, I believe, and I say it all the time on the air, where has the music gone? At this point, everything is, if it's, I don't want to get too critical because I still have a lot of friends in the industry, but i got to say what I have to say. Um, you know, I think the music now is garbage, commercial music, the music that's p- played on the radio. That's what I should say. A lot of it is. Um, there's still a lot of music that comes out that's great music that unfortunately doesn't make it into rotation on commercial radio stations and to attend an event such as this where you can see Jill Scott and you can see Erica Badu and you can see Janelle Monet and you can see all of these amazing artists and women up there belting and singing their heart out. It's it's just unmatched. So I'm super excited that Jason's going to be joining us. Also, I want to share that the chat room is open. So I see we already have people in the chat room. If you could just create a username and log in, and log in, so that way we can see who you are and say hey and greet you. Uh, if you miss any portion of today's show, you can log on to iTunes. You can log on to Mixcloud, um, also podcast.fm. So we really hope that you can um, catch the show in the archives if you miss the whole thing live. And, of course, you can always log on to www.cybrown.com to catch the show. Let me bring Jason right on into the conversation, and we'll get right into the show. Hey, Jason, thanks for joining us today. 
Good morning. How are you? I am well. I am so well. I am so incredibly proud of you. I don't know if anyone has told you that lately, but I'm telling you. <laughs> I am so yeah, proud of it. you and the movement and what you're doing for, I hate to sound bad to other people, but to, to real music, <laughs> if I can put yeah, it that hey, way. Speak, <laughs> preach, teach. Yeah, you know, I want to get into the importance of the the importance of Funk Jazz Cafe. But um, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, and then I want to get into why you started uh, the event in the first place. (laughs) Um, I am the producer of the Funk Jazz Cafe Arts and Music Festival, also the producer of Funk Jazz Cafe Diary of a Decade, the film the award-winning film at this point. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I create. I do a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, basically, like you just mentioned uh, about the music, you know, uh, I basically wanted to create a platform that uh, we can look at and see uh, new talents, new innovations, mm-hmm. not just in music, but in various artistic disciplines, you know, as a people, we we have a rich cultural history on this planet, and all of our yeah, celebrations uh, reflect that ancestry, you know. And I felt like in the late '80s, early '90s, we were losing a lot of what we do, and and I was pretty much right, you know. Yeah, you, know, you were. were. When you, you come, your instincts, when, your when you your instincts were spot on. <laughs> And and unfortunately, I was right. How about that? Right. And and we want to have things that preserve our rich history, so I created Funk Jazz Cafe Arts and Music Festival to do so. And what I mean by that is I wanted to see uh, Stilt Walkers doing Mocha Jumbe. I wanted to see Fire Bruisers. I wanted to see, you know, uh, uh, Papawera Angola. I wanted to see visual artists in all of its various forms. You know, whether that's sculpture arts, metal arts, fashion arts, fashion design, just so many different things we do in terms of talents. I wanted to see that. I still want to see it. You know, I thought Four Walls and a DJ would quickly die with me in the 90s, in the late 80s. And in Atlanta, we had a real healthy teen club circuit, you know, meaning we were acclimated to club lifestyle well before we were 21. Right. You know, well, it was the skate rink or or uh, Six Flags had a teen club called Graffiti's or, you know, there might have been four other teen clubs that focused on break dancing, like, like breaking on B Street. <laughs> and, wow. You know, <laughs> I remember those. All those things, you know. So it's like by the time we were 21 and we can, you know, go indulge in things. It's like, you know, there's four walls and a DJ, and, and we're hearing the same classic hip-hop songs. What's going on? The same classic R&B. It's like, this, this, this ain't creating something new. This isn't giving birth to new things like we would want to, though, you know, people who are influenced by it, you know, can still find inspiration in it, but... You know, look at the separation between people in their 40s and people in their 20s. Just a 20-year separation. When we grew up, we could listen to Motown. We could listen to Stevie Wonder. Still jam songs in the key of life. 
actually music was created to where you had to develop an ear, a mature ear for songs in the key of life. It might took me right. years to like really love the whole album. Like, wow. And when I did, it was like a flower unfolding. Just blooming. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're going to be listening to uh, Twerk It or you know uh, The Weeknd or Drake or any of those type vibes in the future. You know, even well, New Jack. He- I was a little concerned with that, but when I hit you know God, I like and all that stuff. I love it. You know, I do works. too, and I know we're 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 definitely of of the same generation and the same musical mindset. I I believe there's room for all of it, but it just seems like it's being dismissed. And what's scary to me is not just the music is being dismissed, but the cultural experience and the struggle behind the creation of that music is being diminished and dismissed as well. And that's really where I take issue. Like, don't just reduce our culture or reduce who we are as a people to what we hear on commercial radio. And quite frankly, that's how other people, immigrants, people coming into this country that get acclimated to this, the way this society runs and operates, that's kind of how they see us because that's what they see. And that's the part that's frustrating. So when I had the opportunity to get you on the air, I, I was like, I need you. This is what my listeners need to hear. This is what they need to understand that that soulful music is alive, uh, alive and well. I mean, you're, how many years are you celebrating? This year celebrates how many years? Nineteen years. This will be our forty-eighth event. Wow! And, uh, next year will be twenty years for us. It went by very fast. A lot has changed in music, technology, video, social dialogue, and conversation. How we communicate with each other. A lot of changes, and so that's why I did a movie called Diary of a Decade, the story of a movement, because uh, you know people always wonder, is, is the funk jazz cafe primary in that movie, and is it like Prince's Sign of the Times, a concert movie? You know, because a lot of people, you know, uh, their experience, well, their various experiences, a lot of people uh, like the performances, and then a lot of people love the activity in the marketplace and poetry suite and healing suite and, you know, all the different places. And they never see those other performances. But, you know, it, it was basically something movie-wise that I wanted to approach and say, okay, who else on this planet has gone almost 20 years, anticipated still, didn't announce the talent, and still making some impact? You know, still be in that platform to introduce new talents. When we do our event on uh, July 13th, you know, we're going to introduce some new things there. You know, some things wow. people haven't seen and you know, some things people have seen. You know, uh, most of the things that are uh, concert-driven in, in black culture, you definitely got to tell them who's coming in order to get some money, especially in these days. That's you right. Know, in order to get people to pay for tickets. You know, I just feel like we're in a crisis point, and this film is an agent of change in a sense that you can start dialogue now with your friends, your family, and a lot of times I start with family at my Q&As. I get some of the parents standing up and say, hey, love this movie. How do we get, you know, some of the younger people to, you know, try to broaden their palate and, and so on and so forth? And simple mm-hmm. answers, turn off the radio and start programming music in the home. 
and the younger people stand up and say, we love this, we need this in our community, how can we continue to support you? And I say, by doing you. You know, right. Don't look for Tito Green that's out there now. Look for the one that's in your neighborhood. You know, As a people, we're talented. We could do a bunch of stuff. Just take the time to have conversation with your friends and family to find out what can we do together. You know, in terms of if entertainment and, and uh, that sort of thing is what you want to do, you know, entertain the public. You know, you want to be able to look at what you have there. So that's what I mean. This, this film, you know, kind of provokes that thought and creates that dialogue that we can, in our community, can do something different. The whole Funk Jazz Cafe Arts and Music Festival was created so that hopefully I would see people in other cities and states using it as a business model to you know, create and, and thrive their own community. When I went to L.A. and the Q&A, they were excited. And I said, you know what? You guys got a talent pool probably ten times larger than what we have in Atlanta. But you need mm-hmm. to talk to each other and not be worried about who sanctioned it, who approved it, you know, how much we're going to get paid from it and all of this. Wow. Just to see your community become better and get out of this plastic state that it's in. I love that. Get out of this plastic state that we're in. You know, speaking of, you know, you traveling to other cities, with the film, I know Funk Jazz Cafe has its heart and home in Atlanta, but will you be screening the film in other areas? Like, we just got this awesome black-owned theater, movie theater in Harlem, an event space, which is it's just bananas. Um, would you, are you bringing your film to other cities as well? Yeah, we just left. Bam, we did Brooklyn Academy of Music, sold out. And fortunately, you're in New York, right? Yeah, how did I miss that one? (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry, Sai. We come July 31st at Lincoln Center. (gasps) At Lincoln Center? Yep, July 31st. Do you know how major that is? New York, we're coming back. You know, but we've been all over. I mean, you know, we've been everywhere from, you know, of course, New York, L.A., Seattle, San Francisco, uh, Detroit, Philadelphia twice, Charlotte, Dallas, you know, St. Martin, Antigua. You know, New York, places. we have to stand up. We have to, we have to stand up, New York. We have to all come out and and support this event that's going to be at Lincoln Center uh, on July 31st. How can people get tickets for that event? Are they on uh, sale yet? I don't know if or they're on private? sale yet. They might be. They should be. You might want to check with, uh, look on the Lincoln Center website. Uh, I will definitely be posting it on funkjazzcafe.com. And uh, right now, I, don't, I, I think it's just on Lincoln Center. Well, that's okay. We will make sure that we support it um, in any way we can here on the Side Brown Morning Show, particularly if you have any other events surrounding it, like a meet and greet or something like that. We definitely want to um, definitely want to support. I mean, I I was sharing with, Jen behind the scenes, and I shared with my listeners at the top of the show that I remember when I first moved to Atlanta in 2001, and, you know, you I looked through Creative Loafing, which is um, like the, the Atlanta version of the Village Voice, you know, to find out where to go and what's hot this weekend, and I was told your event was a must, <laughs> a must 
a must-attend event, and that was in, you know, that was 10 years ago. How do you feel yeah. you've grown and developed the event? I know it's, we're celebrating 19 years, and I know you shared about technology changing, but what dynamics do you think um, you had to change the most just to stay current? Uh, I, I think my closest, I, I, you know, Funk Jazz Cafe as a concept is one of a kind. So yes, I, I wasn't worried about competition or reinventing the wheel. It's still a lot of people got to catch up to what's happening. You know, things like this you don't see till in a documentary till 25 years later, like Under Soul or Black Power Mixtape or, or When We Were Kings. You know, these things, right. let's say the film being an agent of social change. So the film was what I did different to broaden the awareness. And hence, we've been to all those cities, can have sold out screenings. And even that is a conversation in itself. I don't know if you're aware of uh, the conversation in the film business, but there was a New York Times article out last week of Spielberg and George Lucas talking about yes. how the movie business is imploding on itself. I read that article and I shared it and I tweeted it because those for those two directors to say that was groundbreaking. Please continue, but I did read that article. Well, then we're late. That means that they can't. They have no other resort to just be the first to say if you didn't know the movie business is imploding, Uh, and how Red Tails and Lincoln was a hair short from going straight to TV. And most things yep. will go straight to TV as going to the, as opposed to going to the theater. Well, I knew once I started the, the film festival track in 2011 and, and early 2012, it was like, wait a minute, you know, this is this is a, a this ain't what it's, it's meant out to be. You know, uh, say you know you want to go to a film festival and you want to be acknowledged by them if you have a good film and. Uh, you know, then have distributors and talk to agents and so on and so forth. Well, mm-hmm. there's the top five. There's Tribeca, South by Southwest, Cons, Sundance, and Toronto, you know. Yep. And all of those require a world premiere, meaning you can really only apply to one of them. You can't go to two of them. Right. Right? So I, I uh, before I screened or applied for any of those film festivals, I screened here in Atlanta during the National Black Arts Festival, mm-hmm. which for me I wouldn't trade because we had 1,100 people come to a movie. A theater only holds 250 wow. people. We had 1,100 wow. people for two days come to see Diary of the Decade, Funk Jazz Cafe Diary of the Decade. So immediately once I realized, like, wait a minute, I can only apply to one, uh, you know, and then they really not picking nothing but romantic comedies. Right, because that's the formula that they feel will always work. So I went to another film festival, and there was this uh, Caucasian lady there talking about her film and the things you need to do to be successful in the film business. And she said, okay, the top-selling films, which we've all heard this in the music business, that you got to do, you got to have to cook first, then you got to go into <laughs> verse and call you know, structure. Yeah. like, hey, to make a hit, to be on radio. So in the film business, they have the same thing. They said, well, you either got to do horror, gore, or homosexual films, right? Mm-hmm. She said, I feel sorry for African Americans because they're stuck in the, the lowest selling category, romantic comedies. Right. I was like, well, look at that. 
you know, you know, because you might wonder why haven't we seen a broad variety of the black experience? It was so right. broad, you know. If, if I wear my hat to the side here in Atlanta, a white boy in Russia is going to do the same thing. That's how powerful it is. If I pull up one leg yep. on my pants, you know what I mean? It's 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 the black man and the black woman in America has colored the whole planet, given the whole planet flavor. Everybody copies us, but we don't really know that over here. You know what I'm saying? Well, that on we a have global that level, level, on a global level, people. I think that's because, and and, and that's what the beauty of this show, where it's online, where my listeners are all over the world. I hear back from my listeners all the time from their take and their perspective of our music and and how they feel about our culture, it's definitely not parallel with the way we feel about even ourselves here in America. It's so vast. It's, it's, it's on opposite ends of the spectrum. And I don't know what more we can do for us to realize we are true tastemakers, not the tastemakers in the sense that we're going to the club and we're buying this bottle, but we are the soul and heart of global culture, our music, our style, our swag. It's not just Jay-Z. He's he's not the, 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 the maker of this. There's so many players, and everybody has a, a role to play, and I just wish, as a people, we understood that a little bit better. That's the point. Well, the answer to that is show broader taste. That's where I was going. Like, in... in, in Today's world, in October, October 5th, we're doing the FJK Documentary Film Festival and Music Conference just to combine that conversation and have that dialogue of video, film, music, and technology. Uh, but, you know, now we have the opportunity, say, say for example, if I wanted to do a documentary on Cy Brown and you agree to it and I have cameras and editors and you have a provocative story or a compelling story that might impact the world, there we have another story other than a romantic comedy. Romance might be in there. Romance might be a part of your story. But now we're at a place where, you know, due to technology, we can show broader stories, better right. stories. It can be as uh, contrived as a Blair Witch Project or, uh, um, you know, it could just be, Creative, you know, it, it could be like uh, any of these documentaries that have been out. Snoop Dogg's Resurrection, Art of Rap, you know what I mean? Those aren't difficult to do. You know, uh, what I did was compile it. Might doubt it a decade, over a decade, uh, maybe thirteen years, just in conversation, asking general questions of where do you think soul music is going. How did soul music evaporate out of the commercial market? What happened to it? My film starts with a quote saying, you will always know the condition of a people by what's reflected in their music. And that's where I was going to go from. Now we can start wow. a film. Can you yeah. say that one more time? You will always you know the that? condition. You will always know the condition of a people by what's reflected in their music. Very plain. Very simple. Uh, but wow. very impactful because you have to think about it. You have to think about our music now, and you're right. There's more than Jay-Z and Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne. We need to see broader spectrum of the black experience, you know, and and need to know that you can 
you can do it. You can take that risk to show another perspective. It don't have to be quote-unquote hot. It can be impactful. It can be thought-provoking. It can create dialogue. And all those things might make it under an umbrella of hot. But it don't have to be hot on the standards of uh, plastic commerciality. Well, when when you mentioned that when you were out in California and you were talking, and uh, you know how you shared a conversation um, with someone, and you said, you know, you have way more talent that we may have in Atlanta. Um, don't worry about who sanctioned it. Do you think everybody's worrying about well, who's rubber stamping this, or I can't do it because, or I can't make it because this person hasn't blessed it, or you know? we just won't be generally accepted in society or it won't be as well widely received or we won't make as much money. So people hold back on their own creative talents? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think, do, are you asking, do I think people hold back on their creative talent because who sanctioned it? Yes. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Uh, in a lot of ways, yeah, that goes back into, you know, make it hot. And I wanted to say that in L.A. because they were like, oh, man, when you come to L.A., you got to be hot. You better be hot. You got to be hot out here. And it's like, wait a minute, have you been to Funk Jazz Cafe before? Aren't you music festival? They're like, yeah, of course, you know I have. And I'm like, was it hot? They was like, yeah. I was like, man, this is just a movie of that same stuff. It's hot. Man. It's already hot. Right. You know, it's not a lot I got to do. I'm, I'm showing you something that happened that you experienced already. You know, and we're having dialogue about it on the inside. You know, so I do, I do think a lot of people go with that. I think a lot of people are, you know, there are, in today's society, there are consumers and there are producers. Hmm. You know, there are puppets and there are puppet masters. You know, hmm. uh, TV is, you know, there to influence you to buy products. You know, uh, whether it's toothpaste or headphones, you know. So I think uh, whether a person is aware of it or not, you really, it's a conscious effort to say, am I a producer or am I just a consumer of all of this? Like, yeah, I want to hear the new Prince. You'd be like, well, what's the last Prince album you got? And you're like, uh, <laughs> it was, you know, 3121. Well, you ain't got 2010. You know, the man, you ain't got the stuff you've been putting out in 2013. You know what I mean? You want something new, but you're so waiting on it to be delivered to your front door. You know, right. which is clear when technology has been, um, you know, a thing to where you, it's about search and discovery. You know, in 95, right. I told, you know, I was in my office, I told my, my COO, I was like, you know what? If people don't learn to read or like to read, have a passion for reading, an abundance of information, they're going to be out of the 21st century. Wow. Here we are You're in the right. 21st century. My friends in their 40s, I can send them stuff. They refuse to read. Did you read that article I sent you? Oh, I didn't read it yet. And, you know, it might be years later. Remember that one I sent you in January? Oh, I didn't read it. It's like, you know, of course you may have you know, children, a lot of things going on, but, hey, reading is something you'll have to fit in your life to remain informed. There's another story behind uh, a golf oil spill that you saw on, on TV. You know, there's more to that, you know, if you're interested in that thing. So if you like music, you know, you don't have to just stick with knowing who Van Hunt is. You might can 
Look at artists similar to Van Hunt. Or, you know, uh, you, you might discover, are you familiar with Omar out of England? He's like the British Stevie Wonder. No, I'm not actually. Okay. I have and to so, look him up. See, I have to look him up now. You have to look him up and you have to, you know, be connected in networks and channels that say, oh, Omar has something new. And you're not going to be disappointed by Omar. I mean, Omar has Stevie Wonder on his records and Karen Wheeler from Soul to Soul. He, he's been knighted by Prince Charles. You know what I'm saying? He's uh, for his contributions in music in England. You know, he is the top of the tree. Erica Badu, Maxwell, NDIRE are all on British Soul documentary saying they are influenced by Omar. So that's that's what I mean. Hmm? No, I was going to say that's the thing. If you search, you'll find it. And I I find it. If you search, you will find it. Jason, I want yeah, um, to. Huh? No, no. I was just going to say I want to make want you, want you to give everybody the website so they can find you, so they can get tickets. My people that are down in Atlanta, big shout out to all of you. Um, log on to what's the website, Jason? Funk Jazz Cafe. Cafe spelled with a K, not a C. K A F E dot com. F U N K J A Z Z K A F E dot com. You'll see our history. You see uh, what we've done with the film. You'll be able to see information about the upcoming Funk Jazz Cafe Arts and Music Festival and a little more. I am so happy you joined me today. This is a treat. I mean, I it's it's an honor just to be able to get a little bit of insight into your thoughts of how you came up with this concept and how you've been able to successfully execute it for the last 19 years. And now just to share a conversation with you about your film, this is uh, definitely an honor uh, for me. So I'm really appreciative. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jason. And I'll and I'll definitely connect with you when you get up here uh, in Jul- on July 31st at Lincoln Center. <laughs> That's right. So I appreciate you having me on your show, and you know uh, I look forward to seeing you at Lincoln Center. Absolutely. Everybody, this is Mr. Jason Orr, who's a producer of Funk Jazz Cafe, just an awesome, awesome guy in an awesome event. We have to go out, support real music, cultural music, soul music, and understand the deeper meaning of what the music means to who we are as a people. Thank you so much for listening, and always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. I'll see you tomorrow. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.